Hello, I'm Maria Titizian. And I'm Rubina Margosian, and welcome to the Week in Review for the week of March 11. In the news, Azerbaijani armed forces are targeting Armenian settlements and military positions as the world's attention is focused on the war in Ukraine. The European Parliament passes a resolution on the destruction of cultural heritage in Artsakh. And Armenia's National Security Service announces that it caught another spy network operating in Armenia. The situation is tense again in Artsakh. This morning, Azerbaijani armed forces fired mortars in the direction of a school in the Askeran region's Khanapat village. Since March 6, Azerbaijani armed forces have repeatedly targeted Armenian settlements and military positions in Artsakh. The situation escalated on March 9, when Azerbaijani forces opened fire in the direction of Kharamort and nearby settlements at around 3 p.m. using mortars and other automatic weapons. According to Artsakh's defense army, the fire stopped at around 5 a.m. the next morning. A farmer was wounded while working on his farm. The shootings were occasionally accompanied by broadcast messages threatening a residents with the use of force if they did not leave. Amid the tensions on the border, Artsakh is also facing a humanitarian crisis, as residents have been left without natural gas since the beginning of the week. The main pipeline supplying gas to Artsakh from Armenia was damaged, leaving homes, schools and businesses without heat. That section of the pipeline is on land controlled by Azerbaijan, who is now denying access to the Armenian side to conduct repairs. Another issue is that the area is mined and needs to be cleared before repairs can begin. At this time, it is not clear how the pipeline was damaged. Was it an accident or an act of sabotage? The authorities in Artsakh and the Russian peacekeeping forces are negotiating with the Azerbaijani side to start repairs. The foreign ministry of Artsakh issued a statement yesterday condemning the aggressive actions of Azerbaijan, which they say are a threat for peace and the security of the region and a combination of armenophobia and terrorism. The parliament of Artsakh called on the OSCE Minsk Group and the UN to adequately assess the actions of Azerbaijan and put efforts to restrain its encroachments. And during the Security Council session on March 10, Artsakh's president, Aray Karutunyan, announced that Azerbaijan is taking advantage of the war in Ukraine and the distraction of international actors in order to ethnically cleanse Artsakh by terrorizing its population. Earlier that day, Armenian Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan also commented on the tense situation in Artsakh, including on the Armenian-Azerbaijani state border, stating that Armenia is working with Artsakh's authorities and its international partners to solve the situation. An Armenian soldier was killed and another wounded by Azerbaijani gunfire on March 7 near Yeras, uh, bordering Nakhichevan. The wounded soldier is in stable condition. On the day of the shooting and the following day, Armenia's Ministry of Defense again denied Baku's accusations that Armenia had targeted Azerbaijani positions in Nakhichevan. Armenia's Foreign Affairs Ministry issued a statement regarding Azerbaijan's violation of the ceasefire on March 7, condemning the murder of the soldier and emphasized that such incidents and recurring violations of the ceasefire regime substantiated a need for a simultaneous withdrawal of the troops from the Armenia-Azerbaijan borderline and the deployment of an observation mission in the area. The ministry also underlined the importance of an adequate assessment of the provocative actions and statements of Azerbaijan by the international community. For almost two months, there had been no major incidents on the Armenia-Azerbaijani border, and tensions uh, in reality have started to escalate after Russia's attack on Ukraine. 
On March 5, Army and POWs Ishan Sarkisian and Vladimir Rafaelian were sentenced in Baku to 19 and 18 years in prison, respectively, on charges of terrorism and illegally entering the territory of Azerbaijan. Azerbaijani authorities claimed that Sarkisian and Rafaelian planted landmines on a road in Kelpachar near an Azerbaijani military post. As a reminder, Sarkisian and Rafaelian were among six Armenian servicemen captured by Azerbaijani armed forces while fortifying an army post near the Armenia-Azerbaijan border in Kerarkunik region on May 27 of last year. Four of the soldiers were returned to Armenia in June, while Sarkisian and Rafaelian were charged. Yerevan denies the charges as baseless, stating that the soldiers were captured on the Armenian side of the border. On March 7, Armenia's National Security Service announced that it caught another spy network operating in Armenia. Sixteen people were detained on charges of state treason, some of whom already have confessed. Six were released later, while another ten remain in detention. The security service reports that servicemen from different subdivisions of the uh, armed forces, former soldiers, and state employees from Artsakh were involved in the network in order to recruit assets in Armenian Artsakh. Foreign intelligence services posted fake ads about high-paying jobs in foreign countries on social media and asked applicants to download apps in order to submit resumes. Those who applied were offered to cooperate with them by passing along information on strategic objects, military equipment and positions, military bases, and Armenian servicemen in Armenia and Artsakh in exchange for money. In some cases, they met their recruiters in third countries and signed papers of cooperation as well as received orders and devices to carry out their tasks. The National Security Service also said that some spies knew the exact date and time of Azerbaijan's attack on Artsakh in September 2020 and extensively collected intelligence prior to the war. And this week, Artsakh sent 14 tons of humanitarian aid consisting of locally produced basic necessity items to the residents of Kiev and Zaporozhye through the Russian peacekeeping contingent deployed in Artsakh. The Azerbaijani Defense Ministry, of course, condemned the Russian Ministry of Defense for saying Nagorno-Karabakh in the official statement about the humanitarian aid provided by Artsakh, stating that there is no administrative unit called Nagorno-Karabakh in the territory of Azerbaijan. The Azerbaijani side also stated that such announcements could harm Azerbaijan Russia relations and cause tensions in the area where Russian peacekeepers are deployed. Also, the staff of the Armenian embassy in Kiev was relocated to the western Ukrainian cities of Lvov and Uzhgorod due to safety concerns from where they continue to assist Armenians in Ukraine. There is also an Armenian consulate in the Black Sea uh, city of Odessa. However, Armenia's foreign ministry has not provided any information about the staff there. Armenians are among the thousands of people living in Ukraine after the breakout of hostilities. The Office of the High Commissioner for the Diaspora Affairs reported on March 9 that about 100 Ukrainian Armenians applied to relocate to Armenia. It is not yet known whether uh, they will want to move to Armenia permanently or are just seeking temporary residence here. As Russians, Ukrainians and Belarusians leave their countries because of security concerns and the economic sanctions imposed by the West, many of them, especially Russians, are relocating to Armenia. Russian citizens can enter Armenia with their domestic passports, which makes it easier for them to resettle in Armenia. Ukrainians and Belarusians don't need visas to enter Armenia. And besides citizens, businesses and companies are also moving to Armenia. Uh, all 
although at this stage little data is available about specific companies that have decided to relocate, early indicators suggest that most of them come from the IT sector. Most of the people, also individuals relocating to Armenia, are also from the IT sector. Last week, the Minister of Economy set up a working group to help settle them in the country. I, I had a podcast in Armenian today. Mm-hmm. Um, with Staff AM and uh, Harbi, and she was also confirming uh, that uh, it's mostly the IT sector mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. coming. Well, while it is not known uh, yet how many people have arrived in Armenia since the outbreak of the war in Ukraine, there are over 20,000 people asking about relocating to Armenia in a number of telegram channels. And according to the Zavartnots Airport online registry, more than 70 flights from different Russian cities landed in Yerevan between March 4 and 6 alone. An average of 30 to 40 flights from Russia are landing in Armenia daily. Uh, due to the influx of Russians uh, to Armenia, rents have uh, gone up over 20%. And you can read more about uh, this topic in our uh, recently published article, Armenia, a safe haven for Russians and Ukraine. And Maria, it's evident. The Yerevan looks different. Uh, (laughs) There's like different colors and uh, every other person you realize is not from here. Clothing, Clothing, yes. We tend to wear only black in Armenia. (laughs) Yes, and I was like looking kind of like, wow, this street is full of people in colorful clothes, which I wasn't used to. Well, amid growing concerns of the impact that the Russian-Ukrainian war will have on the global economy, Russia's economy ministry announced yesterday that it is suspending exports of wheat, rye, barley, and corn to the member states of the Eurasian Economic Union until August 31 in a move to secure its domestic market with enough food and also to prevent the export of wheat to third countries from EAEU. Russia is the world's largest grain exporter. The Russian Economy Ministry also announced that member states have already purchased their necessary reserves for the year, so I hope Armenia... (laughs) Has. Yeah, this is something that we, yeah, we haven't heard into. anything mm-hmm. from Armen- the Armenian side. And Russia also banned the export of sugar to countries outside of the Eurasian Economic Union. And now to key diplomatic developments of the week concerning Armenia and Artsakh. Yesterday, the European Parliament passed a resolution on the destruction of cultural heritage in Nagorno-Karabakh, Artsakh. The resolution strongly condemns Azerbaijan's continued policy of erasing and denying Armenian cultural heritage in and around Nagorno-Karabakh, which it considers to be in violation of international law and the recent decision of the International Court of Justice. The European Parliament acknowledges that the erasure of Armenian cultural heritage is part of a wider pattern of a systematic state-level policy of Armenophobia, historical revisionism, and hatred towards Armenians promoted by Azerbaijani authorities, including dehumanization, the glorification of violence, and territorial claims against the Republic of Armenia, which threaten peace and security in the South Caucasus. At the same time, the European Parliament welcomes UNESCO's proposal to send an independent expert mission and calls for it to be sent without delay, stressing that Azerbaijan must grant unhindered access to all cultural heritage in order for the mission to draw up an inventory on the ground and to see what has happened to the site. The resolution also calls for the EU to actively participate in efforts to protect cultural heritage at risk in Nagorno-Karabakh, notably by deploying mechanisms to facilitate UNESCO's 
fact-finding mission. It encourages all initiatives, including private ones, to help preserve this heritage, suggesting the use of EU Satellite Center to provide satellite images in order to help determine the external condition of the endangered heritage in the region. The European Parliament underlines that the measures indicated in the ICJ order of December 7, 2021 have to be taken without delay, stresses that any new cases of the destruction or altercation of cultural heritage should be addressed immediately by the international community. And as a reminder, in the beginning of February, Azerbaijan announced setting up a working group of specialists in Albanian history and architecture to remove, quote, fictitious traces written by Armenians on Albanian religious temples. Yeah, and this was a, you know, a very important resolution, obviously, uh, for Artsakh and the Armenian side. Well, this week, Armenia's foreign ministry announced that Ararat Mirzoyan will participate in the Antalya Diplomacy Forum scheduled for March 11 to 13. Turkey's foreign minister, Mevlet Cavusoglu, welcomed the decision, stating that such events will help to broaden the dialogue between the two countries and will also establish trust for the full normalization of relations. Cavusoglu invited Mirzoyan, as well as special envoy for the normalization of relations between Armenia and Turkey, Ruben Rubinian, to participate in the Diplomacy Forum back in in January. While it was not announced whether Mirzoyan will meet his Turkish counterpart on the sidelines of this forum, he did meet with Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov yesterday, discussing with him the recent tension on the borders of Armenia and Artsakh with Azerbaijan. And uh, Armenia has registered some advances in the democratic front. According to the Sweden-based VDEM Institute, Armenia has transitioned from an electoral autocracy to an electoral democracy. It is also stated in the Varieties of Democracy 2020 22 report published by the institutes that Armenia made significant advances in the autonomy of electoral management bodies in the last 10 years. And in local news, a ban on smoking in indoor facilities as well as in uh, outdoor seating areas of cafes and restaurants will come into effect on March 15. The ban also includes vapes and other tobacco products. Earlier this year, stores stopped displaying cigarettes, actually, too. And this this one they're really carrying out, and says uh, that I have not seen any cigarettes displayed at any yeah, store yeah, in Armenia. Yeah, they covered them up very quickly. However, not a lot of people are optimistic about the smoking the outdoor, ban. Outdoor parts, yeah, not the indoor for part. For sure, for sure. We'll see how, how it goes. Well, it's the last weekend. Where <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And now to the latest COVID updates. Daily infection numbers have dropped significantly. There are less than 5,000 COVID patients in Armenia currently. There was also a decrease in daily death numbers. This week, 52 people died of COVID-related causes compared to last week's 103. Well, hopefully this is the end of the end. We'll see with well. COVID. Anyway, that's the kind of week it's been here in Armenia. Thank you for listening. Have a good weekend, and we'll be back again next week.